Unlabeled Leadership is a volunteer service. We appreciate our guests for their stewardship and remarkable stories. We also appreciate listeners like you who back the show with star reviews and contributions. Gary DePaul with Unlabeled Leadership. Welcome to episode 158, Sherry Ann McLean Develops and Values People. Here's a shout out to listeners in Linwood, Washington, Suez Falls, South Dakota, Thompson Station, Tennessee, Somerdale, New Jersey, and Jackson, Michigan. With that, let's get started. Sherry Ann was born and raised in St. Mary, Jamaica, and now resides in the United States. Through her company, McLean Coaching and Consulting, she offers services that include life coaching, leadership training, speaking, and administering DISC. She also facilitates the leadership game. Sherry Ann holds multiple certifications, including being designated as a Maxwell Leadership Certified Team Member. On our LinkedIn page, you can find recommendations that tell you a little bit more about Sherry Ann. To give you an idea, here's one of them. This person writes, I have known Ms. Sherry Ann McLean for more than seven years. I have witnessed her passion for the development of employees, clients, and staff, and constant motivation to become one of the best in every area she has had the opportunity to work in. Ms. McLean has an outstanding skill set that helps her excel in every project she has put her hands on as a leader and as a mentor. Ms. McLean is definitely the person to go to if you are looking to know more about skill building, direction, personal and professional growth, and the development of management skills and leadership. Part 1. Limitations If you practice leadership, chances are you're a lifelong learner. People who lead often want to develop themselves and enrich their capabilities so they can do a better job at helping others grow and mature mentally and morally. In this story, Sherry Ann explains what a mentor said that had an effect on her and what a lecturer said that gave her some insight. Here's Sherry Ann with her story. I was probably in my second year at university. I found a conference. I love going to conferences. I love to learn. I love to invest in myself. And so I found a conference in, I believe it was Malaysia. It was a psychology conference. It was mainly based on structural equation modeling. And that's just a statistical technique that you use for data analysis. And so I went there you know, I started to do the research and my mentor at the time for my research paper, I said to her that, you know, I really want to go to this conference. I think it's going to be a great opportunity. I think I can learn a lot. I think I can come back and I could share the knowledge with others. I wasn't expecting the response from her at the time. Her response was, well, I don't think you should be going to any conferences. You don't need to focus on that right now. You need to be focusing on this. I really looked up to this person. And so I thought that, you know, maybe it was the best thing, even though I had a heart and a passion to go. So I remember another time I was referring the information and I was talking to one of my other lecturers about it and said, you know what? I really wanted to go to this conference, but my mentor said I should not go. I'm really conflicted because I feel like I could really make a big impact by going. I remember my lecturer said, do not let anyone limit you. 
that stuck with me because she went on and she explained that when she was like my age, she went to a lot of conferences, she explored and it allowed her to grow and develop in the field of psychology. She said, you have to promise me, do not let anyone limit you. That shifted my perspective and allowed me to look at life differently. A lot of times we think that persons, they have our best interests at heart and sometimes they do not. I would later found out that I had some challenges with this particular mentor. We had to, you know, sever that tie with that relationship. But just remembering what that particular lecture said to me, and as I reflected and I prepared for today, I said that I really need to reach out to her and tell her thanks because that mindset, I've moved full speed ahead with that to say that, listen, it doesn't matter what's going on. If this is something true to me, I am going to push and I'm going to do it. Surround myself with people that can support, that believe in my dream, that believe in my vision, and that can help me to get along the the, the way that I need to get along. That's a crucial lesson that many people don't consider. I love how you express that you surround yourself with people that won't hold you back. I'm assuming that actually encourage you to explore your options and opportunities and are supportive. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's uh, really, really good advice to tell someone in graduate school in particular, go to conferences. They have discounted rates for graduate students or students in general. There's opportunities that you will be able to meet and network with people that you would never get to meet Mm -hmm. just doing coursework. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And because of that, I think once I finished with my master's, I still started going to conferences. I traveled and I went to conferences because I wasn't presenting, but I just wanted to network. I wanted to see what was out there. I wanted to see the new research, the type of things that we're exploring in the field of psychology. I didn't hold back. I met some really, really incredible people. And I'm really glad that I had that opportunity. I wish I had done that prior, but again, I had the opportunity now to do so. And so I went forward and I went to those conferences. You probably have very good relations with people you would never have met without having done that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. When you go to conferences, you're saying all over the world, you really mean all over the world. Right. I actually presented in a conference in Jamaica. It was a research on disability studies. So we, wow. we did a research as a group for the class and my paper was one of like the top papers. So they asked me to present that the findings from that paper. And then when I came here to the U.S., I went to conferences in Minnesota. I went to conferences in Maryland. I was supposed to go to a conference right around the pandemic. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm planning to go next year uh, in San Diego. Part two, show value by developing and recognizing others. When you practice leadership effectively, you help people fulfill their needs. James Hunter writes about fulfilled needs and talks about some of the basic ones about feelings and beliefs. Some of these are being appreciated, respected, valued, communicated with, encouraged, treated with dignity, listened to, treated honestly, and receive authentic feedback. One way to do this is by recognizing others to show that you value them. In this story, Sherry Ann describes doing just that. Again, here's Sherry Ann. It was 2017. 
At the time, I was a case manager. I saw an opportunity to become a program director. I thought to myself, hmm, I will apply. So I got the courage. I spoke to a couple of people and they said, yes, you should apply. You should apply. To pause here, one of my greatest passions is to develop people, to recognize people. I thought to myself that this could be an opportunity for me to do that. I applied and I did the interview and everything. And I remember I got a call and my my heart stopped. My heart was beating. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get it. I got the call and then my supervisor at the time said that, so Sharon, I have two news, a good news and bad news. And I'm like, oh boy. Okay, which one do I want to hear first? The bad news and then the good news can, you know, buffer the the, the bad news. (laughs) So he said that. Bad news is that you did not get the job for that particular program, which I didn't remember that we were actually opening a new program. But he said, well, you didn't get it for there, but you're going to be the program director for this new program. I'm thinking to myself like, oh boy, opening a new program. I don't even know what I'm doing, but these people obviously trust me and think that I can do it. So I'm going to be like, yes, I'll do it. I started to get staff and it was a little bit challenging at first because we didn't have a lot of staff. And so I had to work a lot of hours and, you know, different things like that. But I told myself that I didn't want to miss an opportunity to recognize my staff and to allow them to feel like they're being valued. I invested a lot of my time into employee recognition and retention. A lot of times this came from out of my pocket. This had nothing to do with the company. If there's a birthday coming up, I'm getting a special gift. If someone is getting married, I'm getting a special gift. If someone uh, lost a family member, I'm getting a special gift. And we're all celebrating. I would leave random messages in their mailbox, send random text messages. I would send motivational quotes. I would leave random little treats in their box, but just something to know that they're consistently being valued. I did that not because I wanted recognition from anyone else. It was just something I was passionate about. I had the opportunity for the CEO for the company to visit along with the the, the national director of uh, people operations they were blown away to the point where they went back to the national office. They reached out and they said, Sherian, we want to do a story about you because your retention um, statistics are phenomenal. For the past two years, you've been open and you have not lost any staff. What are you doing? We need to replicate this. They did an article and it blew me away. That article was eventually featured in today's honoree. And it was such a great feeling. And for me, like I said, it didn't come from a place where I wanted to get recognized by anybody else. It was more so that passion to push my staff, to have others see the great work that they're doing and knowing that they're investing so much in the program. It's such a good, good feeling. And so for me, I was able to show leadership through developing and recognition and promoting and supporting the staff that I work with. The whole concept of developing other people and and how you said you have a passion around that just fits so nicely with the concept of recognition. When you recognize someone for doing a good job, I'm sure there was no limit to what recognition you gave. I have a quota. I met the quota. I can't recognize you anymore (laughs) until uh, a certain time. No, it's there's no shortage of it. Too many organizations have managers who give out recognition like it's a rare treat. Mm, yep. And I love how you describe it about how you're showing and your intent is to show value for the people that are with you, even recognizing their personal achievement, mm-hmm. such as a birthday or anniversary, because yes. you can't separate the personal life from the work life. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm always telling persons that I supervise or I work with, I said, we have to get to know the people that we work with beyond work because it, work does not define who they are. We have to get to know them. And if they're comfortable to share certain things about their personal life, then great. But we can't be solely interested in how they're performing at work. How are you doing? How, how is your partner doing? How are your, your parents, your family? How is everybody doing? That goes a long way because it shows that they're not only invested in just what they can do at work, but my boss really is interested in what I'm doing outside of work. The two are so connected. If you're having trouble at home, it's going to affect your work. Absolutely. Well, a sick family member. I have a colleague who I just talked to the other day. His wife has stage four cancer. Mm. The company he works for had said to him, the VP that he reports up to, the VP said, mm-hmm. here's your priority, your wife, your family, and then we'll figure out work later. Mm, I love that. It's been more than a year. Wow. They have him doing a newsletter or something very small. They took away all his direct reports so he mm-hmm. would not have distractions. He's mentoring a couple of people. Wow. You can imagine when either his wife survives or doesn't, he's going to be at that company forever. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it's, it's just if, if more, more companies could do that, if, if more of us could really do that, because he sees that the company values him beyond what he can offer at work, but values him and appreciates him and supports him during this difficult time. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. The part back to your story is just those frequent touch points that you have. I'm sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it's not just recognition, but it's confirmation that they're doing it right. Yes. There's opportunities for corrective feedback. Yes. But in both situations, you're showing you care and that you value the person. Yes. Because I was meeting with someone the other day and I said that if it is that I don't provide the feedback for you, what it means is that I'm not invested in your growth. But if it is that I want you to do better and I want you to grow, then I'm going to consistently provide that feedback because I want you to be the best version of you that you can ever be. It's a beautiful message. Unfortunately, I was interacting with a DEI C-suite executive who said their organization laid off a bunch of people. And oh, actually, she wasn't at the C-suite level. It was It was mm-hmm. below that. And she went to the chief HR officer and said, look, you need to make sure your managers are having equity, that they're not just, they end up targeting one population. And mm-hmm the HR officer ignored it and they ended up losing a larger percentage of their diverse population. Mm. What's interesting, and this is the part that's relevant for your story, is that in talking with managers, she discovered that the managers gave feedback for people like them. Mm. But the people who were different, for whatever reason, They did not give the same feedback. And so those people did not achieve as well as they should have. Right. It just emphasized what you did for the people that reported up to you. And I'm going to guess, Sherry, I'm going to guess that you did this not just for your staff. You did this for other people as well. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. It, it, It went beyond beyond just my staff. It started with my staff, but then it went beyond that. 
you know, including like the nursing staff, which is not my direct report. But then I remember there was a nurse. She is absolutely amazing. And I said, we need to do something for her because she goes above and beyond. And the way she gets the team, I don't think anybody else can really get the team like that. And you know what? Let's get together. Let's get her something nice. And we were able to do something really nice for her. But it goes beyond that. It's just it's just anyone. Yes. The thing that's so great about leadership and doing this is that you may say something to someone, and this is the first time they receive that acknowledgement. Mm, Yes. Mm -hmm. It could change everything. Yes, absolutely. I had one staff that at one point, I didn't think that the messages or the text messages that I was sending, I was like, I don't think they're really working. But then one day, one of the staff texted me and said, Sharian, thank you so much for this. Like, I've been feeling so down. I've been feeling so depressed, but getting this message made me feel so good. I was on cloud nine at this point. I was like, yes, I will continue to send these because it's impacting and it's touching someone's life. And it may be years Mm -hmm. before we realize that what we said had an an effect on someone. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. (laughs) I've had people say, heard of people say, you know, Someone came up to me from 10 years ago and said, when you said this, Uh it really changed my life. And the person said, I don't remember ever saying it, but I'm glad I did. (laughs) No, it's true. I had a very similar situation the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. (laughs) Part three, invest in yourself. Sherry Ann offers some advice on how we can improve our leadership by improving ourselves. Here's Sherry Ann to explain. I would definitely say believe in yourself and be willing to bet on yourself. I remember the other day my brother had, I went in his room and I saw a picture and it looked like the letter S. And in my mind, I'm like, what is this? This this is not even making any sense. You know, being a critic and I'm like, what is this? So he then started to explain that the air will flow in this way and then it's going to go that way and started to explain some complex terminologies. And I'm like, oh boy, my head is blown. (laughs) I'm checked out. Okay, I get it. If it is that he didn't believe in himself, when I asked him, what is this? He would probably shut down and say, no, it's nothing. But he was very confident in what he had on the paper, even though it didn't make sense to me. It is so important that as leaders, you're going into leadership, believe in yourself and be willing to bet on yourself. There's a quote by John Maxwell that if it is that when you start investing in yourself, the more you do that, then others will take you seriously. Don't be afraid to invest in yourself. If it is that you need to go to a conference, if it is that you need to get a mentor, if it is that you need to read a book, whatever it is to allow you to grow, whatever it is that will allow you to develop watch YouTube videos, research anything that will help you to get to that place, do it. Invest in yourself. There's no price that you can pay to invest in yourself because at at the end of the day, I guarantee you that it's going to turn out good. It's going to put you in a better place than you were probably a couple years ago. It seems that if you're going to be effective leading others, effective at leadership, you have to learn and you can't separate the two. Nope, absolutely not. My thanks to Sherry Ann McLean. If you'd like to learn more about Sherry Ann, go to the show notes. I'd like to thank you for listening. This is Gary DePaul. Until next time, lead on.